Welcome to The Backbone, but first, a word from our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid for your podcast. Anchor is what I use to bring you The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. It connects your podcast seamlessly to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, making your podcast available wherever your audience chooses to listen. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome to The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. I'm your host, Shabam Data at Shabam on Twitter. On The Backbone, we're obsessed with finance and operations at startups. We take a close look at finance functions within various startup companies by talking to finance leaders that are in there day in and day out. We chat startup finance, metrics, operations, and everything in between. Joining me on this episode of The Backbone is Mark Jarvie, VP of Finance at Drop. Drop is a consumer app that is replacing wallets full of loyalty cards. By linking any credit or debit card, you can earn Drop points and instantly redeem them for gift cards to favorite brands such as Amazon and Starbucks. Mark is the former head of finance at ShowMe, a Canadian video streaming service that was backed by Rogers and Shaw. He has experience building finance teams from scratch and successfully scaling them. He had previously worked with Ernst & Young in both their audit and corporate finance practices while obtaining his Chartered Professional Accountant designation. And so without further ado, let's hear from Mark himself, VP of Finance at DROP. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for joining me on The Backbone. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get started right away. Your career started at EY's audit group. Probably after that, you moved into corporate finance at EY. And from EY, then you went to Rogers, where you were the head of finance at ShowMe, a position then you left uh, to become the VP finance at Drop. So talk to me about your path into tech and how it all started for you. Yeah, for sure. And, and thanks, Shabam, for, for having me on, on the podcast. Um, so my career started, you know, like most uh, most accountants. Um, I joined uh, Ernst and Young uh, right out of uh, out of school. Um, I was actually working in in the Kitchener Waterloo office. So you know, at the time joining uh, Ernst and Young there, you know, what was happening in the marketplace. You know, RIM and BlackBerry was was obviously one of the largest Canadian companies, tech companies at the time, and you know, open text was just kind of uh, you know scaling to to you know the levels that they are today. So mm-hmm. you know, although uh, with Ernst and Young, we were kind of you know a generalist, uh, you know, seeing different industries, just you know being around the tech space. Um, and Kitchen Waterloo at the time was was just a phenomenal opportunity. So really, I had some visibility and, and, and some insights into the tech scene kind of right from the beginning uh, of my career. And, and again, you know, at, at, during this time, a lot of students were, were coming out of the University of Waterloo uh, and starting a lot of, you know, startups, which today are, are now kind of sizable Canadian companies. So 
that was kind of my, my original start um, into, into kind of my accounting finance career. As you alluded to, you know, I was given an opportunity to, to move from uh, the Kitchener office to Toronto, um, where I did join the, the corporate finance group. Uh, and really, I saw it as a phenomenal opportunity to kind of really build out kind of, you know, my, my finance uh, toolkit, for kind of lack of a better word, and, and really kind of move beyond just the, the auditing side uh, of the business and, and, you know, get some exposure into some M&A advisory and, and other things like that. Um, and, and as you alluded to, you know, I, I ended up joining Rogers um, and, and it's quite a funny story with that one. I was actually recruited over there uh, for what I was told was, a, was kind of a top secret job. Um, oh, nice. They, al- <laughs> yeah, they, they alluded to, you know, the, the, the concept of wanting to launch something, you know, that, that was kind of video based. Um, but really, at no point was I explicitly told during the, during the process, you know, that uh, it would become uh, show me, which for those that may not know uh, what it is, because now, unfortunately, it's, it's shut down. Um, it was kind of like a Canadian Netflix service. So, um, you know, throughout the process, I was excited about the opportunity and uh, I kind of took a, a leap of faith. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, was, it was an interesting opportunity and, and uh, got in there kind of right at the beginning uh, of, of uh, Xiaomi's launch. Gotcha. And, and we'll dive a bit into that uh, later on, um, kind of your, your path into Xiaomi and, and a lot of the things that you learned there. But, and then from Xiaomi, um, you joined your current position uh, as the VP of Finance at Drop. So talk to me about that transition and what that's been like for you so far. Yeah, so so Drop um, for those that may not know is um, kind of a loyalty reward um, application. So what what we do is when users download the app, um, what they are they prompted to do is kind of link their their credit and their debit cards, um, and then as you go and spend with you know brands that we're associated with, we kind of issue issue you our own kind of currency, and so we call those uh, Drop points. So after kind of spending and earning these drop points from, you know, a variety of brands and and, uh, different vendors, um, what we allow you to do is kind of like seamlessly and and very easily redeem those drop points um, via our app for uh, a variety of of gift cards. And so anywhere from, you know, Amazon to, to Starbucks or some of the vendors that that we work with to to provide uh, these rewards. So, you know, really what we're trying to do with with drop is, uh, you know, eliminate the need to, to hold, you know, uh, you know, numerous loyalty cards. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, this stat may be a little bit dated, but I think in, in the US, you know, the average household has something like over 30 loyalty programs. And oh, you wow. can imagine, you know, a lot of those are, are tied to gas and grocer and things like that. But you know, the, the, the benefit for us is, again, you just link your, your debit uh, and credit cards and you just go in and spend. There's no need to, to pull out any cards at the checkout. Uh, again, like really, you don't need to think about, you know, having to, to carry around those cards and, and, and make sure you have them when, when you go shopping. Um, and, and really, that, that's kind of the aim of Drop is just to make everything very seamless. Um, and again, to provide uh, an experience where you can redeem your points much quicker than, let's say, kind of an aeroplane where you know you may save up for for a year and and only to kind of redeem it for for a toaster so uh, again i think um, we're, we're thinking a little bit different about uh, the, the loyalty and reward space and and uh, again i think it's kind of reflective of of the you know the users that have uh, decided to to jump on to drop for sure and and just uh, you know to add on to that because i've used dropped as well a drop as well these drop points are in addition to any kind of loyalty program that your credit card 
offers themselves. So if your credit card, for instance, offers cash back, you still get that cash back. But then these drop points are added on top of that. Like it's a it's a, a bonus, I guess. That's right. Yeah. So I think we were using like the the, the slogan kind of we're supercharging your your debit your debit and your, and your credit card. So you're right. Not only can you earn points by using you know uh, your certain credit card, which may have its own kind of points program to it um, and also spending with certain brands who may have loyalty we're almost kind of a third level so again it, it's really a, a great opportunity free of charge and and you know at this point we're almost uh, I think just approaching two million uh, users uh, in Canada and the US oh, wow. so I think it's it, it's great to kind of see that momentum um, and and folks really kind of you know take on our product and, and continue to use it on a daily basis for sure yeah that that's great you know two million uh, people consumers um, using that all the time and it's really a, like you said a, a win-win for the consumer because they just connect it and they're spending anyways and what might as well just get some additional rewards uh, on top of that uh, for it so uh, I, I want to spend a bit more time talking about uh, drop drop has a various uh, uh, stakeholders on both sides of its product. So we talked about the consumer side, uh, you know, the, the 2 million consumers who are rewarded for their purchases. But Drop also allows brands uh, like Starbucks and Amazon, like you mentioned, and, you know, Casper, Under Armour, Body Shop, to name a few, to acquire and engage customers in one place. And so as the finance leader, how do you balance the different uh, sets of stakeholders? And uh, how do you think about uh, any kind of key considerations when the company is making product and uh, decisions and things like this? Talk to me a little bit about that aspect of balancing a variety of different stakeholders. Yeah, and I think that's that's a great question, and and you know that's something that I kind of you know fight with every single day. Is is you know is it really a focus on the brands and and giving them you know a great opportunity to to reach out to to our, our customer base, um, or is it is it the customers? And I think you know we continue to kind of go back on, and, and forth on that. And I think if you were to kind of ask you know Mark, you know myself five years ago, kind of before really getting into the tech space and really kind of understanding the the B see I would say you know revenue focus on that let's let's go and and, and get it um, but now that I've been you know in, in the tech space for for a, you know a few years here um, you know I've especially from a finance side uh, you know I really now understand how, how kind of the, the you know the B2C market works and I think you know drop you know at an early uh, stage made the right decision to kind of focus solely on the customers um, and, and really, you know, make sure that the, the experience for them was seamless and again, really get these, get our users uh, engaged with the product. Um, and, and by way of, of having people who are excited about Drop, using Drop on a daily basis, I think that naturally we, we've just attracted some, some phenomenal brands. And I think you, you mentioned, uh, you know, a, a few of them there. So, um, you know, as we continue to scale and to grow, you know, we do kind of pride ourselves on our ability to really kind of provide a, a personalized, uh, uh, you know, um, approach to, to the app. And, and again, we don't want to kind of dilute, you know, the experience with just, you know, volume of, of offers. So, you know, we've been very fortunate, you know, given our growth, um, you know, as, as, as brands approach us, again, we have been, been you know, quite picky in, in who we decide to go to and how we roll it out. 
um, because at the end of the day, we, you know, we're, we're focused on the customers. Uh, we want to make sure that, again, that people are getting relevant offers um, that, that uh, kind of coincide with, with their lifestyle and, and, and how they spend. Um, so really, again, I think that that would be the focus. You know, it's, it, it's, it's more, it, you know, revenue is important. But I think at this point um, in, in our, our growth cycle, uh, again, we're, we're focused on the customer experience, you know, making sure that they're, they're happy, enjoying the product and, and continue to come back to that. So, um, you know, revenue right. will come. But again, you know, <laughs> user growth for us is, is the most important. Gotcha. And, and so it's that balancing act, right? Like, uh, like you mentioned for consumers, it is a free, you know, there's no cost to just get rewarded, uh, on top of your, your credit and uh, credit card rewards. Revenue generation happens behind the scenes. So, you know, when I open up the drop app as a consumer, that's what I see. And that's really the face of, of the company, if you will. But then behind the scenes, you're, you're working with these brands who are approaching you to put rewards on your platform. Um, and, and they are the ones who are ultimately generating revenue for drop. And so it's that, I guess, balancing act of, okay, it's free for the consumers, but you also have to uh, make sure you're catering and tailoring to the brands and, and the companies who are actually paying you for drop has, has that ever posed a challenge uh, so far no I, I i imagine in in the near future it will be you know especially as we we continue to scale um you know i think we've again the, you know the number of offers that we have on on our service right now i think is kind of you know the optimal uh, amount you know we haven't overloaded our customers with you know just a whole catalog of of, of offers um but again you know when people come on it's not just you know one or two or three offers kind of tailored to, to um, their lifestyle. So, you know, we've been very fortunate where we haven't had an issue like that. I think, you know, when we work with brands, they, they recognize that most of our, our user base um, are millennials. So really, it's, it's attracting companies who are, who are tied with that kind of, you know, demographic, have seen kind of, you know, their own customer base maybe change over the last few years. And view drop as as another kind of you know marketing vehicle. Um, you know when you think about kind of the paid social space over the last year. You know you know Facebook costs in, in some places have you know almost gone up fifty percent. Um, and I think you know oh, marketers wow. are looking for another opportunity to really engage with with the millennial demographic. Um, and uh, again, I think you know we attract brands that that um, are relevant to to our users. And and again, we've been very fortunate uh, in in that fact. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Want to switch gears now back to your experience at Show Me, uh, and, and you know even there, uh, if I think about what you're doing now uh, and and at Show Me again, Show Me was the front of Show Me is consumers. Uh, that's how they're interacting with with the app and the product. But behind the scenes, you have probably partnerships and, and relationships with uh, publishers as well as uh, media companies and things like that. So you know you were one of the earliest employees at at Show Me. And you alluded to this saying that when you had joined, they were saying that this was going to be some secret uh, or new initiative that was coming up. And then you were also one of the last employees to leave Show Me. So first, first of all, talk to me about your time at Show Me and how that process was when you ultimately found out that this product that you or team that you were going to be joining at Rogers was was Show Me. Yeah, and, and so Show Me was kind of one of the first, um, you know, I guess uh, experiences outside of the firm that I had, and 
Um, it, it started off as, as being kind of a Rogers only place. So when I joined, um, I actually joined Rogers and, and, and they were kind of looking to kind of go go into the, the video on demand market kind of on their own. So, you know, the first part of, of, of you know, my year there with Rogers was really kind of fi figuring out the business case, you know, figuring out the marketplace. Um, you know, Netflix had just launched in Canada back in, in 2011 and, and was growing uh, quite quickly. So, um, you know, as we worked through the business case and figure out, you know, how much money it was going to take to, to take on the incumbent Netflix, um, it was quickly decided that we needed to bring on some partners. So, um, you know, after, you know, bringing in, you know, various telcos and, and some other, um, you know, large Canadian entertainment companies, um, what was decided was that, you know, Rogers and Shaw aligned the best with regards to the vision and the execution for, for how Show Me would be, uh, be rolled out. Um, and that's when Show Me kind of became its, its own entity. So, um, you know, I think I was kind of an employee kind of 22, 23 within the organization. And um, as you alluded to, you know, we, we were in market or, or growing for about two and a half years. Uh, we grew to about 130 employees. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, given, you know, a lot of things that were going on with, with uh, you know, our partners at the time, um, there was just a decision uh, jointly made between the two partners to, to wind down the service. So, um, you know, it was great to have, you know, access to capital, to be able to kind of go after Netflix, you know, as you can imagine with, with a, a mm -hmm. big name brand, um, you know, a strong platform, um, you know, it, it took us, you know, quite a bit of work to get out there, get, get the, the show me brand, um, you know, visible and, and making people aware of our service. Um, and again, you know, we, we were, we were ramping, um, uh, you know, uh, very well on, on the user side. Um, the, the problem was, you know, Netflix just continued to, to do what Netflix does right now. And, and, and again, they're, they're kind of a global phenom right now. Um, but you know, it was a great opportunity from the, from the finance side. Again, you know, I was there to kind of put through all the processes from, from the ground up, you know, really kind of, you know, think through how, how I would scale as a finance team. Um, but unfortunately, again, you know, with a lot of things going on with, with our partners, um, the, the service was shut down in, in late, uh, 2016. Startups and, and early stage kind of technology companies also kind of come and go um, with the times and sometimes you know there isn't product market fit or there are some other uh, challenges outside the scope of, of the company and they're also forced to uh, shut down and so what learnings would you take away from show me that you would uh, provide as kind of advice to founders or finance leaders to think through regularly maybe do their best to to prevent uh, this kind of thing from happening and continue to offer operate as a, as a going concern as, as is, uh, known in, in the accounting space? Yeah, and I, I think that's a, a great question. Um, you know, as I talked to people about, you know, my experiences with Show Me, I, I said, you know, it's, it was an unfortunate end to, to, you know, what I thought was, was, it was a great product and, the, and a great team that we had. Um, but, you know, when I think about it from a career perspective, you know, I, you know, I was, you know, a little bit fortunate to kind of see it from, from start uh, to end, um, you know, but it's, it's one of those things, you know, I've seen it once and, and I never want to have to, to ever see it again. So um, right. I, I think, you know, some of the learnings I've, I've thought about, you know, for, especially from the, the finance side is, you know, don't underestimate kind of the resources needed to ever kind of unseat like a, an incumbent. So I think, 
um, you know, we went into the market, you know, obviously with with a strong presence through through our, our, our investors, Rogers and Shaw. Um, again, we were we were spending, um, you know, solid marketing dollars to, to really build our brand awareness. And, and I believe, you know, one of the Canadian marketing magazines called us marketer of, of the year. Um, and even with with all that, you know, positive press and, and, and growth of our, our brand name, you know, it still wasn't enough to, to really kind of, you know, tackle what Netflix was, was doing here in Canada. So I think that would be one. Again, just don't underestimate the, the need for resources if you're kind of stepping into to a market where there is a clear a clear number one. I think another one that uh, I've seen, you know, with Show Me and, and uh, you know, kind of moving forward here is, you know, more for the founders and, and the operational folks, you know, don't be afraid to just launch a product, whether it's a, a full product or, or a feature release. I think, you know, a lot of folks get caught up in the, you know, the paralysis by analysis kind of concept. Um, you know, but show me it was, it was a little tough because both our, our, our investors obviously had, you know, a high level of, of, you know, reputational risk that they had to really, um, you know, think through before ever launching a product. So, you know, show me probably got rolled out a little bit later than, than, you know, we would have liked, um, you know, and, and especially during that time in the Canadian market, you know, get launching and just getting, getting your name out there was, was, was very important. So I think for, you know, smaller companies that are able to, to roll out features, um, you know, with a user base, that's maybe a little bit more accepting for exper experimentation. Um, again, you know, that'd be another kind of learning that I had is just, you know, don't be afraid to just get something out there and, and see how it performs. Um, and I guess right. the last one is, is, you know, just re really figure out who your, your kind of quote unquote, you know, power users are uh, from an early stage. Um, you know, figure out what keeps them on the service, you know, figure out, you know, what really makes them, you know, sticky uh, to, to the product and, and again, heavy, heavy users of it. Um, once you're able to really figure out that kind of demographic or that subset of, of your users, um, again, then it's, you know, try to acquire more of those. I think that's really important. You know, uh, a lot of folks get caught up in just onboarding users at any cost. But I think if you can take a step back and really think through, you know, who are the best users, what are they doing and why are they, why are they using the product like they are? I think just having those insights would be, uh, you know, very important for, for any company uh, as, as they look to scale. For sure. It's about almost like turning those power users into evangelists for your uh, company or your product. And, and the best way to, to market is word of mouth. And mm. if you can turn your users into marketers that you don't have to pay for, uh, then, then that's uh, really a, a great advice there. Uh, that's so right. thanks for that, Mark. Yep. Yeah. So now I want to ask for a last question before we uh, jump into our quick fire round. And that is, in your opinion, what is the importance of the finance function at a technology company? Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's, you know, very important. And obviously I'm, I'm a little biased with, with, with my answer, but I, I think, <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're a founder and, and you're scaling and you're thinking about your finance function, I think there, there is a right time to, to bring somebody on board. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, finance, People are brought in, you know, quite early, which which I think is fine. Um, but if you're a founder, you know, just be able to to ensure that they can wear many hats because, you know, in, in the early stage of companies, again, finance isn't a, a full time activity. Um, and I think you see a lot of great consultants out there who are kind of, you know, quote unquote, you know, part time CFOs you know, who are able to kind of, you know, cover off any needs that you may have, um, at least until a point where you're, you know, you're, you're scaling to a certain level of, you know, sizable revenue, 
or you're kind of looking to go out and do, you know, your, 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 your big first kind of series A raise. I think that's, that's a time where founders should maybe kind of, you know, rethink what, what, what the, the internal finance function looks like. But, you know, I, I think, you know, finance can really come in at any stage. Obviously, the, the earlier, the better. But again, if, if somebody does come in, you know, before any, any significant raise, raise, I think like the, the most important thing is just to make sure that they can wear many hats and, 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 you know, just go beyond just the numbers and, and, and really help the company scale. Makes a lot of sense. So what I like to do now is jump into our quick fire round. The way this works is I'll ask you a couple of questions. You'll have 10 to 15 seconds to respond to each. How does that sound? Yeah, sure. All right. So what is your go-to online resource for all things startup finance related? Uh, that's that's a good one. I think um, actually one one of your your colleagues, Mark McLeod, uh, used to have a blog called Startup CFO, and and um, you know I think that was a great resource for me as I entered the the you know the, the tech space, the, the startup uh, space, to really think about you know how to how to juggle the the startups versus the finance. But uh, aside from that, I love to kind of stay stay on top of news. So so using TechCrunch and and, and kind of our Canadian news uh, tech news uh, publication Beta Kit. Usually those are the kind of the resources that that I love to go to. Nice, right on. Uh, and what's your favorite productivity hack? I'm all about kind of to-do lists. Uh, you know, I think traditionally I always used to kind of manually write them down. But, um, you know, here at Drop, we use a service called Quip, which is essentially kind of an online, um, you know, electronic to-do list or a place where you can share notes. So it's kind of like Google, uh, Google Docs, but with a little bit more uh, sophistication to it. So that's where I kind of manage my to-do list and also the to-do list uh, of my team. Nice. I actually use uh, Quip myself and at work. Um, the the show notes that I prepare for the backbone are also prepared on Quip. So Perfect. there you go. A little bit as well. Um, one thing you don't leave the office before finishing. Um, usually what I try to do at the end of the day is, is just kind of look to tomorrow's calendar. Um, I think it's really important, you know, as I, as I leave the office, just to really, uh, you know, figure out what, what I need to achieve uh, um, in the next day and really not to be surprised by anything. So usually I'll just kind of review my calendar. I understand kind of what I'm trying to get out of, uh, out of tomorrow and, and then uh, and that's it for me. Nice. And what's uh, one tech jargon that makes you cringe? <laughs> um, I, I think maybe one that's more kind of specific to, to you know, the app space um, or to a B2C company. Uh, I've heard the term gamification kind of thrown a, a around quite a bit. So obviously, yeah. you know, gamification being where you kind of take different steps or a different, a different a process and break it into different steps and kind of reward people at, at each of those ones. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it's right. It, it's, a, it's a great term in the right context. Text, but you know, sometimes it can be a little overused. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I've, I've for sure I've heard that uh, quite a bit. Um, what's the best advice you've received so far in your career? Um, yeah, great question. I think uh, probably the one that resonates with me is, is really just kind of get get comfortable with the unknown. Um, I, I think when you when you come out of the the audit firms, you know, when you walk into an audit, everything's you know all about processes and walking through various steps and. And again, with the idea of, of kind of getting to some financial statements, so there is there is a set of routine and, and you know comfort uh, in, in the process that's already there. But you know, as you kind of get out into industry and you know whether it's scaling the finance team or getting in there at at you know uh, ground level, um, I think the best thing I've ever heard was you know again just get comfortable with the unknown um, and 
you know, when you think your day is going to go one way and, and it goes the other, again, you know, don't don't get caught up in it. That's just the way that startup life is. Um, and, and again, your to-do list is just always going to grow. So, uh, you know, that's that, that's really kind of what I've I've come to, to, to you know, understand with the startup world and, and something that I really love uh, about kind of my job and, and my experiences so far. Right on. That's very, very good advice for sure. Uh, well, thank you so much, Mark. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you uh, this morning. Uh, thanks for your your thoughts and your uh, insight on you know managing various stakeholders on on both sides of of a product, from it being consumers to to brands, uh, as well as um, spending some time talking about your learnings at at ShowMe and what that process was all about, from launching a company uh, as part of a, a larger organization to ultimately having to go through shutting it down and, and the learnings and insights that you drew away from that. Um, it's really been a, an interesting and fascinating conversation and I've enjoyed it a lot. So thanks again, Mark. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Awesome. Well, until next time, take care. Bye now.